Hello, World Cup soccer fans. We are here at Michigan State University at Impact Sports. My name is Dan Cryer, and with me again today is Brooks Lambeer. Hello, Brooks. How you doing today, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Dan? Man, doing well. It's uh, a strange feeling because for the last four weeks straight, we've pretty much done nothing but watch World Cup soccer. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, you know, you could say it's postpartum depression. My, my brain, my body doesn't know what to do. There's no soccer. And it happens every football season, every end of March Madness, every birthday, every Christmas. You get kind of sad when it's over. But the thing about that is, you know that the calendar is going to turn around and you can, you know, just kind of hold your breath till football season gets back here or something like that. Yeah. Well, the thing about the World Cup, as we both very well know and everybody knows, it's only every four years. So this is tough. How are, how are you coping in the last couple of days? Um, well, I mean, I have Lansing United soccer, Michigan State stuff, so I'm still in the see. soccer stuff. Yes. Next year's the Women's World Cup, so that's always fun to watch. Okay, see, it's doing a little bit. Yes, soccer does go on, and, and I like Brooks' optimism there. I do have to say that the reason that I'm so sad is because it was just such a great, just comprehensively perfect, awesome World Cup. I mean, what do you think? Was Wasn't that great? Yeah, the amount of goals that were scored and uh, the matchups and the upsets and, and the, the players that stepped up, uh, seeing new faces on the market, Hamas Rodriguez. And, totally. And now I'm excited to see where all these guys are going to end up. We already have Alexis Sanchez in an Arsenal uniform and uh, Luis Suarez going to FC Barcelona. Right. So this, this is going to be fun off season. Just sure. any, if you're a, a club soccer fan, European club soccer fan. So well, I know that you are. I mean, and you know, I'm I'm sure if, if this is the first time people are hearing us speak, I mean, Brooks Lambier here. This guy, Brooks knows his players, and uh, I'm I, I love my national teams to watch and to follow and and to look back at the history. But that that is exciting for you, man, to see all these stars and names that came out. And to, to see where they go, and, and you know, especially uh, James Rodriguez. I mean, boy, you know, he, he led the World Cup with the most goals. He had six goals, and they, they only played five games. So he scored an average of more than one goal a game. He was not named uh, best player in the tournament. And we're going to talk about the World Cup final between Argentina and Germany in a second here. But uh, Lionel Messi was named, and he was great. Messi had four goals, but I do think that was probably, as some would say, like a corporate decision there. Do you think they just handed it to Messi because he was a big name? Yeah, and then you got to the final game. I feel like uh, it was they just thought it was well deserved. But I think a lot of the other people around the world thought that uh, they should probably should want Rodriguez or someone else. So yeah, and it's hard to read body language. I mean, Messi was very downtrodden because they had just lost in such a heartbreaking fashion there at the end. But uh, and I'm not trying to disrespect Messi. He's great, and every time he had the ball, he's as dangerous with the ball. So, but uh, he wanted he, that other trophy. Yes, he, he did. wanted the other trophy, and on his face he was like. Darn, another trophy I get to add to my full case of trophies, Except but not the, the one that I want, I which is the World Cup. It stings. Yeah, to him it's to him it's that way, but for us it's like, wow, that's another golden trophy you get. You yeah. yeah, he's definitely he's definitely great. And the thing about, you know, we, t- we spoke about this the last time we recorded a few days ago. Uh, I think uh, Germany was the historically great team that we thought they were. They are filled with young players that will be here, meaning in the World Cup in 2018. Mm-hmm. And so Germany got it done. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody, if you're listening, you did watch the World Cup final. Germany scored a, a 113th. Uh, minute goal by Mario Goetze or Goetze. How would you say it? I think I think it's Goetze. Goetze, Goetze. Goetze. I say Goetze, but right. I think it's Goetze. G O T Z E. Very German, and uh, uh, it was a wonderful goal. It was uh, it was a cross in by Schürrle, 
who came in as a substitute, I believe, mm -hmm. in the 30th minute because the guy who was playing for Sammy Kadira, Kramer, he got he took a shoulder to the face. He, not, does, he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember the rest of the game after. Yeah, that. basically put a dent in the guy's head. Concussion. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely concussed. They took him off, and so Sherla, which probably he would have come in as a sub anyway. He he played for over an hour because the game went to extra time. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful cross, and uh, Gutsa Gutsa, he he uh, you know he he brought it down, kind of like chested it, and and a volley with the left foot put it into the side inside mm -hmm. of the netting. In boy, the far side, yeah. wasn't mm -hmm. that a beautiful goal? That was a beautiful goal, and uh, that that was the killer. Uh, I think Argentina were kind of just sitting and wanting to do this to go to PKs, and here comes Germany with. Uh, of energy or they at least conserve some of it and uh you know hurt them the the way i i would assess germany is is twofold first off they were magnificent as a structured team that really i mean their passing it was like there there was it was no bumpy pat everything was like a perfect pass like a laser beam passed right to your foot perfect velocity and they were just so structurally sound and they could control the ball. So that's the one side. So Germany's good, but I want I want to know what you think about this. On the flip side, Germany was very 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 I wouldn't say lucky, but let's see what happens here. Okay. In the final, on on how Di Maria was injured, didn't play for Argentina and in the semifinal, that was a Brazil team without Neymar, its star striker and without Thiago Silva. So Germany's great, but I mean, what do you think? Do you think Germany got a little lucky there without those great players being in? They weren't playing the full squads on those last two games. I don't think it would have mattered for Brazil. I think it would have made a difference with Argentina because I think if you had Di Maria, Messi, and Aguero in the offensive attack, it would have opened up the game a little bit more. Yep. But that's what I think. You know, too. like I said yesterday when I was on Current Sports, uh -huh. you know, I said Messi can't do it alone. He has to. He has to have someone else. Uh, around around him. Yep. He can't take on four or five German players. Uh, th you know, this is different. These are bigger, stronger guys. This, these are some guys that Messi's probably not used to seeing in La Liga, just because that's more of, you know, speedy. I mean, they're not say, not say it's not it's not physical, but it's not as physical as the Bundesliga or the English. And they really. were completely focusing on Messi. He had mm -hmm. very few touches in that final game because they they almost did shadow him. I mean, they knew just got just stick to him like glue. Yep. So, and even when he tried to get a shot off, it was about three feet wide of the goal when he tried to curl it in, just because yeah. you know, the guy's five six. He's got to, you know, hit it hit it around a guy that's, you know, six plus, and then stretching his leg out. So you know, it's not easy. Yep, and it was a tough match. I mean, I would, it, I saw a very, very obviously, obviously with the last, you know, one of the final minute goals, but very, very many similarities to the 2010 World Cup final between Netherlands and Spain because Netherlands had opportunities to score against Spain and didn't capitalize. And I think the same thing happened. I mean, you saw Iguain; he missed one or two shots in the beginning. There was yeah. a, a header by the German defender where you know he would have been offsides, but since the German defender headed it backwards, mm -hmm. went to him. He had a he had an opportunity to put it in the back of the net. And he pushed it left, yep. and then and then in the end, and everybody said, you know, the the guy with the rat tail above uh, with the P, what's his name? Oh, Palacios. Palacios came in as a sub, and and people were like, oh God, stop that! Like, and, mm -hmm. and, and Ryan Smith was like, thank goodness we don't have to celebrate that guy's goal <laughs> <laughs> because you're just like, Ugh. but he had a he could have toe poked it, and he he decided to kind of chip it over whatever he tried to do. It chipped to the it kind of went off his shin or his ankle a little bit, so it went to the top left and and did not score. And those are going to be in nightmares. Those, all those opportunities, just like they were for Netherlands four years ago, people yep. in Argentina are going to be thinking about that and saying what could have been.
But that's the way, as we say, the cookie crumbles. It's the way it goes down. It's mm-hmm. soccer. It's a game of inches. And if you can capitalize the way that Jeremy did and Mario Goetze did, but uh, if you can capitalize and make a wonderful goal like that, it's gonna it's gonna live forever in slow motion in posters. I'm sure I'm sure bars in Germany already have that you know that that shot leaving his foot already on the wall. So uh, it was it was something to behold. You mm-hmm. know, I just thought it was great. So any other comments on that final game? No, I just don't think Argentina really could have done anything else. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't spread the game wide because you said Di Maria wasn't there, Aguero wasn't really doing much of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's hard when you don't have many other players surrounding you uh, that can help you. Just list, like Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal, it's hard when you're such a great player yep. and you have to do everything. Yep. Uh, you just need someone else to take some of the slack off what you need to do. So, yep. I almost feel sorry for Messi. But you know, I don't. It, it definitely, I, I know. What you I mean. feel sorry for him, but like that's just the thing. Like they don't have the players that you know that are quite good enough. Well, the Di Maria obviously is good, but you know what I mean. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. look at look at the NBA Finals that went. LeBron is unstoppable, but really, he was kind of working on his own mm-hmm. in this NBA Finals because Dwayne Wade w- didn't have the physical nature that Dwayne Wade used to have. He looked a little out of shape. Mm-hmm. And Bosh, he'll he'll hit you for 19 points and get some jumpers there. But really, it was a, like a one man show for LeBron. And then they're going against. I'm comparing San Antonio Spurs and the German team. This is it doesn't it doesn't matter who scores. Germany didn't care who scored. They just want to get a goal. Mm-hmm. And San Antonio just you know, disperse the ball all over. You want a three? You want a three? You want a three? You want a three? And then in the end, San Antonio ended up looking like a historically great team and made made Miami look bad. I don't think that Argentina looked bad, but uh, Germany definitely all those all those players are deservedly historic mm-hmm. now. So yep. it was just great. So what I'd like to do, I'm going to just go over uh, the four players that did win awards according to FIFA, and then what I want Brooks to do is give me. Uh, Brooks, I want you to give me your uh, all-tournament team, your all-World Cup team. We'll go over the different positions because I just want to, you know, since we're here kind of anthologizing the World Cup and I appreciated the World Cup, it was great. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I'm just going to go over a couple different things. Um, You know, there were 64 matches in all and 171 goals were scored total. So that's 2.67 per match. And if if I'm going to just do a quick comparison just to let people know the, the, the negative side of this of World Cup soccer is known as the 1990 FIFA World Cup, which was held in Italy. There were only 115 goals scored in 52 matches for 2.2 per match. So this one had almost a full half goal, and really that that adds adds up. It was a beautiful tournament. There were lots of goals scored, and um, the award winners. So the top scorer, the Golden Ball, uh, uh, Golden Boot, right? Mm-hmm. Golden Boot. Golden Boot. Goes to James Rodriguez from Colombia, who scored mm-hmm. six goals in his team's five games. Mm-hmm. Best player overall, which would be the Golden Ball, right? Uh, that was that's a, a Lionel Messi from mm-hmm. Argentina. Uh, the best goalkeeper is Manuel Neuer from Germany, and we'll talk about that in a second because there were some other great goalkeepers in the tournament. But Neuer looked big and strong, and you know, in the final, he jumped and took a guy's head out with his knee. He did. Some, some people said that that was a dangerous play that he should have maybe been booked or something. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I have to rewatch to see, but uh, that's what I mean. You know, it's like he was he was defending the box, right? He came out, but do you think he was with malicious intent there or anything? No, because I mean that's the goalkeeper's territory, and usually if usually calls don't go against the goalkeeper. Okay, unless unless you're purposely it's a one on one and the guy beats you and you purposely take him out sure. on his feet, then yeah. you get a yellow or a red depending on how. And then there's a penalty. Intentional kick. was and a penalty kick. So usually in the air, it's usually the keeper that usually gets the call. Yeah. So he clocked that dude in the he, head. He did. He that did clock him. That was that was dangerous as well. So then and then the best young player, which uh, you had to be born after January first, nineteen ninety three. So we're looking at twenty one year old players or younger. And Paul Pogba from France was twenty one years old. 
So he was named best uh, player. And Brooks, you, you pointed out Pogba as being, you know, I remember you naming that before, uh, naming him before the tournament started. So did you see what, some good stuff from Pogba when yeah. you were watching France? Yeah, I, I see a kid that can be a future leader in the midfield for them. Mm-hmm. Someone that can step up and score goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did against he, Nigeria. He did against Nigeria. And he has done for his club Juventus in Serie A. So he's de- he's a definite future for this fr- for this French team. Yeah, he ran hard, and it said that he had eighty percent passing accuracy. Which so that's that's what you want. And France, you know, France got taken out by Germany. They gave up an early goal, and in, in the probably eleventh, I think eleventh or thirteenth minute against Germany. So uh, France had a lot to be happy about with their World Cup. You know, the Korean Benzema looked really good. So there's a lot of good players. And uh, so I'm going to let Brooks. Why don't you just uh, kick this off? And uh, what do you want to start with the goalkeeper? Or you want to start with forwards? Uh, let's start. Let's start from the back to the forward. All right. So, so, who's your best goalie? I had Kaylor Navas from Costa Rica. Okay. I just it's just what he did for that Costa Rican team to keep them in the game when then they had nine men at one point against the Netherlands and and even though they lost and and just the amazing saves and stops he made that he had to make in order to keep Costa Rica in it to get yeah. to penalty kicks or to overtime. Uh, is just outstanding. Not to say Tim Howard didn't have a great performance. Yes, but I ju- I just saw a consistent great performance from Navas for Costa Rica. Right, and so I agree. He was he was great. Uh, Navas was good, and the whole Concacaf the th- the three. I mean, Honduras did not have a good tournament, but uh, the United States of America. Uh, Tim Howard in goal. I think he he stopped fifteen shots in the final game against Belgium in the knockout stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Tim Howard has cemented his legacy as one of the best U.S. goalkeepers ever, if not the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in the team long enough. And then uh, there's Guillermo Ochoa from from Mexico, another wonderful tournament. Um, you know, he he, he was uh, unfortunately, you know, the way it ended with Mexico, there was a late goal uh, where a rebound came to uh, Wesley Schneider from Netherlands, and then there was that penalty kick that uh, Aaron Robin earned. So I can't blame Ochoa for that, but I thought he was magnificent mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, all those goalkeepers were wonderful. Yeah, the CONCACAF represented in the goalkeeping position. Yeah, and it's really cool. We were just talking about so many goals were scored in this tournament, and the goalkeeping was magnificent. So the goals that were scored in this tournament were just beautiful. I mean, all these great things that we saw. So it Mm -hmm. it was just wonderful. Okay, uh, so pick me some defenders. Who's your top three defenders? Okay, well, I had David Luiz, but that's switching because I think he had moments. But I replaced David Luiz with DeAndre Yedlin from the United States. Okay. I thought if he played more and started— he would have been on more people's lists, but this the 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 spark he gave the United States when he came in the game of going up and down the line and giving him speed, yeah, and getting the ball into the final third and crossing it in and, and hitting good crosses, and to beat the defenders and, and he's only twenty one or twenty he's only mm-hmm. twenty or twenty one, wow. and and like this kid played at Akron University about probably one two years ago, uh-huh. so to do that at that in this high of a level uh, this big of a stage. Is, uh, is outstanding. It bodes well for the United States future. It, do, it does. It bodes well out yeah. for the United States future. That's great. So DeAndre Allen will be one of, one of the outside backs. Philip Lahm is the other outside back I have for Germany. He's just wow. a solid defender, yeah. can do everything. Yeah. And then uh, uh, f- that's the outside backs. And the center backs, mm-hmm. I have Mats Hummels yes. from Germany. Yep. And Hummels, then, definitely. I yeah. have him on my list. Uh, great. Just stepped up and made plays, scored goals, key goals. He got the winner against France. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know... Uh, so what you got to do as a center back, especially when you're 6'6". Mm-hmm. And then Gary Medell for Chile. I, Chile was th- playing three at the back. This guy was asked to play center back when he's a defensive midfielder. Yeah. So he's out of position, but he did one heck of a job. In the Brazil game, you know, they, they, he, he, 
pretty much had to force him to come out because his knees gave out. Mm-hmm. But he just had one heck of a of a of a tournament. Yeah, he did. And the the one thing you know on my list, I have uh, David Luiz uh, from Brazil, and it you know the Neymar injury really forced him to be more offensively minded than he needed to be in that Germany game, and they fell behind early. And since Neymar wasn't in, and David Luiz did score a goal against Colombia on a free kick, he was pushing forward, and that's not his strong suit. He's a wonderful defender, and he was just put out of position. And so, you know, and Germany will get will do that to you. They strike quick. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I definitely think he was good. I, Thiago Silva, he was he was a good defender too. I mean, he was strong, but once again, you know, the the wheels just fell off of that bus for yeah. Brazil so quickly, mm-hmm. and it crashed. So I just, yeah. you know, I I, I don't want to knock Brazil's defense even though they gave up 10 goals in the last two games. Yeah. But it was just because they were all over the place. And it was, it was a scrambling mess of injuries and unfortunate circumstances. It so. was. And then probably Vlar for um, Netherlands is probably another one as well. He okay. played very well. Um, but yep. yeah, there, there's a lot of them. But my, my four would be Yedlin, okay. uh, Hummels, Medell, and Lam. Great. Those are wonderful picks. Okay, what about your midfielders? Okay, so... We have Brian Ruiz, who's really a midfielder, but Costa he's just as a forward. Costa Rica. Great. He was great. Yeah, Brian Ruiz stepped up, scored some key goals uh-huh. against Greece and other teams. Uh, Mueller, I mean, just scoring three goals in one game. Thomas Mueller. He kind of disappeared a little bit, but he's still a threat. Like, and he was uh, making for, great passes in that he was. final. He, he was. was hustling. He was playing defense. He looked like a, a hockey goaltender sometimes mm-hmm. playing defense. Yep, and then obviously your boy James Rodriguez. Boy, he was impressive, and I never had heard of him. I mean, uh, Brooks, you probably have you had you heard of him before the tournament? No, I I didn't. I I mean, when they say play for AS Monaco, AS Monaco is a very good team in uh in La and uh, French League A one. Yeah. Won. yeah. But uh, no, I've never seen him play. And and we were talking about Falcao mm-hmm. was injured for Colombia. And, and he the, plays on Monaco as well. So he plays with James Rodriguez, which yeah, is pretty and, impressive. And James Rodriguez is 23 years old, but he just exploded on the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was wonderful. I he, he was magical on the field. There's no other way to describe him. And they ran up against a tough team. And Brazil was confident and had Neymar in the game where they lost. But... But yeah, he was great. So that yeah. so definitely agree with you there. So that's three, and then my fourth one would be Wesley Schneider. Yeah. So yeah. So and right now Schneider's four, just four, great two. for Netherlands. I mean, you you, yeah. you can't go wrong with that guy. And you know, I I I, I you got to give Messi some credit for being a great midfielder. I mean, yeah. he's, I put him as a forward. Did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's fair enough. These guys, and in my mind, I think of Mueller, uh, Thomas Mueller, as a forward. Okay. So I just because you're going up and down, and and even for Germany, I mean, like like Hovedes, uh, he almost scored the header that hit the mm-hmm. post in the first half yep. for Germany. And that's another thing we didn't bring up early. I mean, Germany had their chances early; they didn't yeah. score. There was a lot of different opportunities. So oh, yeah, that game could have been a three to two game. But uh, yeah, and I'm I'm just looking at my list. Like I I had Philip Lom li- listed as a med- midfielder because he goes for Germany up and mm-hmm. down. So so those are great. James Rodriguez, Messi, I Brian Ruiz. I mean, it was these these players can mm-hmm. really control the field. And like you said, Schneider. So what about your forwards? Okay, so Ian Robin for the mm-hmm. Netherlands, definitely. I think he he was a playmaker and he was a he was a um just the devil on the field, just just making people. People miss uh, running around people, uh, getting fouls and getting and put into the Netherlands and good free kick opportunities. Yeah. And Van Persie was just nowhere after the first game. Yeah. So they needed someone to step up. And boy, oh boy, did Robin ever just step up in those games. And and you, you could tell he was always in the game. He was always doing something. He was creating havoc in some type and of way. And he flourishes in the moment. He was the villain of the World Cup. 
in a in, in you know if you're cheering for the teams that lost to him you're going to say he was maybe a little you know bad sportsmanship mm-hmm. or cheated a little bit with the diving maybe they said yeah. you know but like you you mentioned a few broadcasts ago I mean that's tactical that's part of his strategy mm-hmm. to get in there to make you stick your foot out he's going to run run over he's going to throw his hands up and he's going to yell mm-hmm. and he's 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 a pest yep. and he was Absolutely pesky, like he just the whole whole time. I guess would would it be pesky. I don't know. Is he a pesky guy? I got to look this yeah. up. Yeah, he's he was he was a pest, and he went up and down the field, up and down, and was always running with speed. So just like the flash. Oh yeah, yeah, he was great. Okay, so who else you got? And then Messi would be my other forward. So okay, um, can't go wrong with Lionel Messi, man. No, you can't. And I wish he had done a little. Well, he like I said, he really couldn't have done any more in the final game. But uh, you know, scoring those big time goals in the group stage, uh, you know, to get those one nil wins, uh, you, you know, he he proved that he can be he can do it on the big stage. Yeah, he did four goals, and uh, like without without him, they wouldn't have made it very far at no, all. So no. he he saved them and. He got him to the final, and I think that uh, uh, after some time passes, I think Argentina will be pretty pretty proud of everything. I mean, I'm sure they're proud now, but I think you know if if they're feeling tragedy and crying, I'm sure they'll feel pretty good about things mm-hmm. in a couple in a month or so. Yeah, and I guess if we want to do like coach of the t- of, uh, of the starting eleven plus coach, I would... what do you think? I mean, I, I just want to mention Neymar and Benzema because mm-hmm. they're on my list. I mean, Benzema uh, okay. had you know he had a great tournament for France. He was he was their Zinedine Zidane this year. He mm-hmm. was somebody that, uh, on whom they can depend and and. And also, they can look forward to having him on the team four years from now. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then Neymar. I, really, of the people we named, I mean, Messi's definitely going to still be sticking around for four more years. He's definitely yeah. got four I think more he's years. One more him. shot. Yeah. Yep. One more shot, so he'll be fine. And like uh, you know, all the other people we named. Uh, how old is Thiago Silva still going to be around for Brazil? I don't know See, how old he tough. is. Yeah. I think he's on the younger side. But uh, Robin, I think this might be it for Robin. I don't know. No, for... he's young. I think he's only 28. Are you serious? I think he's only... Wow, he plays so... You I, know, th- he plays I think like he's 24. Better... No, Aaron Robin. I'm looking right now. This is fun. Okay, so let's see. Aaron Robin. Let's see. Because he plays with the, 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 the tenacity he's, he's of He's younger better. than you think. So he's 30. Oh, never mind. 30. He's 30. Just kidding. That's okay. okay. No, that's okay. So that's a question. He could play is... at 34. Close they played at 32. 36. Yep. So, yeah, Miroslav Klose. And the thing about Klose, he, he deserves a lot of commendation yeah. for how he played and got two goals and went took the all-time be- uh, most goal yeah. scoring. He's had 16. Yeah, he's 36 years old. Yeah. And um, Robin could play again if he keeps himself in shape yeah, like Klose did. Because Diego Forlan um, for uh, Uruguay, he was he was one, the top scorer in the 2010 World Cup, mm-hmm. but he is 35 years old now in 2014. He didn't look good. He looked out of shape. He, they tried to get him in there when Suarez in place. So mm-hmm. I mean, age ain't nothing but a number. I'm gonna yeah. say I'm saying that because I'm mm-hmm. old. But uh, you know, bo- we're both old. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> laugh at that one, <laughs> young Brooks here. Thank you, Brooks. But um, um, it is funny. Just you know, can you stay fit? And and really, it's about do you have the desire? So I definitely think Robin's going to be back just because. He has all this the 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 veteran moves and he knows what he's going to do. So well, Van Persie's old too. I yeah, think, I think Van Persie's. And in this, you know he scored that PK goal uh, for for them when they in the third place game and they were like, oh, it was it was Van Persie's first ever knockout stage goal and I'm going that was a gift for him. It was a nice shot he put in top right with his with his left foot. It was beautiful and Van Persie's thirty. Yeah, and I mean, but he just he he doesn't he didn't impress me very much. He had the no. great flying Dutchman goal and then he you know he scored a couple more, but mm-hmm. eh. Not a big fan. I mean, just I, personally, he he's cool, but I just don't think he I don't think he brings it. So I think he's always played better 
on the club level than he has at the international level. Because yeah. what you kind of find is, I think there's very far in, be- in between players that play well at both the club and international yeah. level. Yep. So, okay. So then, uh, Jurgi Löw, uh, I guess I would say, he, I don't know, Jurgi Löw, I don't know. I've, he's the coach of Germany. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, you know, my last name's Krier. Krier. You think I'd be better with German names, but I'm not. Yeah. But uh, Jurgi Löw, I'll call him from Germany. I mean, if you win the World Cup, I say then you're the best uh, head coach of the any team. But who who else would you like to mention? I like Van Gaal for, for Netherlands. Netherlands. Uh, I mean, it's his last year at the helm because mm-hmm. he's going to coach Manchester United. Mm-hmm. But I just think that the smart tactics he would do each game to, to change it up. Substitutions. The substitutions he made. The goal move that he made. The goal yeah. he put. He made yep. some smart, some, some some very smart decisions. So I, mm-hmm. I think he definitely, I think he's definitely the coach I would choose. Yeah. So so that's great. And then I guess just before we before we uh, you know put the the adios on the 2014 FIFA World Cup, mm-hmm. I just like to uh, take a take a moment just to talk about the United States since we are Americans, you and I, Brooks. So mm-hmm. our team is uh, United States of America. And you know what? I thought that we played pretty well this uh, World Cup. What mm-hmm. do you think? Yeah, I I thought we played better than 2010. Mm-hmm. I I felt like uh, you know we beat Ghana for the first time ever. Yes, we, we did. We tied Portugal. Uh, you know yep. we held our own against Germany. Yes, and uh, I think we held our own against Belgium. Belgium. I we we had a chance to win. I think the next stage, um, like I've said time and time again, is getting the young guys over to, over to Europe. Talent. Get the, get okay. it over to Europe. Nice. Get it over. They need to play in Europe yes. against better competition. Uh, find you know, start getting the, the youth system, you know, building you know better training, better uh, learning tactics earlier, and uh, and uh, you know better international friendlies uh, throughout the years. You know they have four years, four more years to do this, um, and you know just they're they're getting there. They're not over the hill yet, but they're getting towards the top for sure. Well, one thing that I've noticed, and the, see, it's always tough because you know, you, obviously, United States of America, the biggest revenue sports. You start with the the National Football League. You have Major League Baseball, and you have mm-hmm. National Basketball Association. So those are really going to really you know take mm-hmm. out the best talent, the biggest and brightest talent. Yeah. Because but but there's 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 money to be had overseas. So if somebody is a soccer talent, there's lots of money to be made as a soccer player. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I mean. Anybody and in your own community, no matter where you are in the United States, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, knows that soccer is so popular with the youth. And just now here at Michigan State University, there's a soccer camp going on. Mm-hmm. And when I saw, it, it was like it was like you had to wait for the the ducklings to cross the, the crosswalk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, over by Kellogg. Mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of youngsters with their cleats on, with their duffel bags. Everybody gets a Michigan State soccer ball. I mean, mm-hmm. hundreds of youngsters are mm-hmm. here right now. Yeah. And I mean, every community really loves their youth soccer. So it is kind of, it is it is strange, you know, because when you see the big revenue sports, the football the, and the basketball and, you know, and not so much collegiately because we have minor league baseball, but really football and basketball, really it takes those those young stars and, and takes away. So the question, I mean, you've, we, we both play, but you played more organized soccer than me. Is there something that United States possibly could do differently to try to get those people, those youngsters, to, to get big and strong and stick only with soccer, maybe think about playing soccer primarily? I mean, I think having a development academy really helps a young U.S. development academy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just uh, kids wanting to get outside and do it and do and do more than they're expected. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, kids in Africa and Europe – 
you know, they'll play four or five pickup games a day. I don't think I've ever done that before. I think I've played a couple, but I don't right. think I've played that much where I've been gone in the morning and I haven't been back till, you know, till dinner time. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference between soccer over here and soccer over there. A lot of kids up for basketball. Yeah. You know, it's, that's what I was thinking. Out, out yeah. in the park and, yeah, and you hoop with your friends, play pickup games totally. The whole day. And same with uh, baseball slipped a little bit. Um, you know, my, my uncles were kids in Detroit in the 50s and 60s. You know, it used to be, we're going to go play stickball or whatever in, you know, the vacant lot or yeah. something yep. where they lived. And, you know, uh, you don't see that much more. But, and then football, we've changed the culture where, you know, in high school, it starts with, you know, your two days in the spring and I know. The, in the Boy, it in goes the summer. Round, doesn't it? It does. And, and kids are playing youth football. And I don't, you know, I'm not, I didn't play football, but I know it's really advanced. But, uh, you know, and I also think it's it's a change in um, the youth system has done this with the youth academy, the U.S. academy. Uh-huh. They've gone to a 10-month system, whereas, you know, college soccer, where I've interviewed some co- college soccer coaches, want to go with the 10-month season. So they want to play in the fall and spring. And I and they everyone seems to think, uh, not everyone, but uh, a good few uh-huh. coaches believe that that's a good way to go. But, uh, you know, the NCAA is a little different. They like to w- well, run things a little differently. You know, I mean, Michigan State's Big Ten Big Ten soccer, and they had success. They got to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I should say we for Michigan State. I'm a grad student here. Yeah. So we got to the Elite Eight uh, last year in the in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And, what, and did Maryland win that last year? No, Notre Dame won. Notre Dame won. We lost two in the Elite Eight. Okay. And so, uh, you know, when you think about the, the you know, the, the fan commitment on the national level and the fervor that comes that we saw when the United States was playing with the gigantic filled stadiums like Soldier Field in Chicago for those for the Belgian game mm-hmm. you know it, i mean if there's some way to cultivate the masses to come out and enjoy a college soccer game in that you know fan affiliated uh, you know, uh, let's sing together and mm-hmm. really get going for hockey at Michigan State they have what's called the A team for uh, obviously the is zone is gigantic for mm-hmm. basketball, yeah. and then the football student section is just it's riotous, and they have so many learned chants that they do, and you know disparaging remarks towards the other team, yeah. and uh, you know it's just a shared experience. So in a dream world, it would be nice to think about uh, college soccer being to the point where the fans come out and, and sing and chant together. I mean, like it'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I think it's getting there. Yeah. Um, you know, like I cover the NPSL for Lancey United as mm-hmm. well, and there were two thousand. 2014 people at DeMartin Stadium, and those are mostly college soccer players and, you know, semi-pro or former professional players. You know, they're just still playing around in their 20, you know, mid to late 20s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I think that's going to help with having a, you know, having MPSL teams or having some type of amateur yeah, soccer. It's there in the community for people to come out and see. Yeah, and I think that'll draw people towards the Michigan State uh, games just yeah. because, you know, the goal, goalkeeper, Zach Bennett, plays – and he's done outstanding. Tim Kreutz has played very well. Uh, you know, some other guys play for the Michigan Bucks, which is PDL team. So I, I think it's it's on the rise. It's just not there yet. Yeah, but it's like yeah. Go go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. It, it's just got, it, it's going to take time just to grow. I think people are starting to enjoy it, but people aren't into it yet. Right, and I think I mean when you say what's the what do you like most about the ism? What do you like most about the full game? People will say, well, my friends are there, and it's fun. And so if you can really sell those two mm-hmm. uh, aspects of a soccer game and really, you know, make that experience 
for the fans something that they look forward to and can't wait. You know, say, whoa, we, we got a game on Tuesday. Can't wait, can't wait. Mm-hmm. Because here at Michigan State, even in the cold through winter for the Izone, people stand outside. And they even, the, the, the mm-hmm. la- this year, the winter was so bad, there were times when they told the students, don't come early. It's yeah. dangerous. Because students will totally do that. Mm-hmm. They will stand in the negative 30 degree weather for two hours because yep. they want to get in and get a good seat. I, I mean, there are the Red Cedar Rowdies for for the the men's soccer team. Well, they do have go. a student section. Well, that's nice. And they have a student section probably of 30 or 40. It's continuously mm-hmm. growing, and they want it to that's keep growing. Good. And I know Damon Rensing, the head coach for the men's soccer team, really works with the the leader of the Red Cedar Rowdies, Luke Ferris, yeah. um, on trying, seeing how, how we, can we get more fans, and they're trying to get more uh, Red Cedar Rowdies to the women's game. Sure. So that they're really trying to improve the – the standpoint from, you know, bringing fans is that stadium can hold 2000 plus people. So, and, and they had about, I think they had over like, they had over a thousand there for the um, rivalry game against U of M last year. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's possible. It's possible, and the thing is, I mean, with any with anything in, like in pop culture, when there when there's something popular, it takes a while to filter out through the rest of the communities, and you know, it t- it takes a while for something influential to really grab hold. You know, you saw it in the 1994 World Cup because it was the, it was in the United States, and then you know what sprung out of that was MLS soccer, mm-hmm. and that's been doing okay for the last few years. But so hopefully, since the United States did have success, did defeat Ghana, like you said, played Portugal and tied them, played Germany tough, mm-hmm. and and really had that fan base, and there were there were there were uh, records set for you know TV audiences for the U.S. match. I'm hoping and thinking that this will actually have a nice effect. It's going to take a while, you know, for 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 this immediate 2014 World Cup to really grab. But I think a couple months from now and this next soccer season, I think we're going to have a nice carryover effect mm-hmm. where, especially from a marketing standpoint, teams, MLS teams and collegiate teams can really sell that, you know, communal fan atmosphere and say, come out, share this experience together because you're going to have a, a heck of a lot of fun doing it. So I think yeah. that's the... Another thing too, I think we need a player, an American player, that's like a Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, big, big name. You're right. like, that's equivalent a to a breakthrough. Big, yeah. Um, cause I mean, Landon Donovan was, but he, he, you know, he stayed in, uh, the MLS for most of yeah. his career. He did play in the Bundesliga and he has done a little loan. He's gone over. And yeah. He was more of a loan. hard worker than, than, a, than, yeah. a, like, a you know, I, and he was skilled, uh, mm-hmm. crazy skilled. I'm not yeah. saying that, but, but I know what you mean. We need somebody who's like, Superstar. you can't believe it. Like he, you know, he'll, like, he'll have YouTube videos at age six. Like we mm-hmm. need a guy born a few years ago. And then that we watch and say, like, his calling on this earth is to score goals for United mm-hmm. States. And then you'll have, like, a hero. And, yeah, it's great. There's all The, the players are all heroic, and, and I think there's a lot to be proud of. But, but I, that's a great point. We, I mean, it's, it's almost like you need that blessing, mm-hmm. you know. But, and we have it all the time in basketball. We have it all the time in football and all the time in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, we got your Mike Trouts and your Bryce Harpers and stuff. Yep. And your LeBrons, and you know, of course, I mean, just football. You got your everybody's just crazy about Johnny Manziel. They can't mm-hmm. wait to see if he's going to be able to hold his own in the NFL. So it's a, you know, that's the that's what we have. Those those three sports are where the dreams are for kids, and they got to they want to chase the dream. And in other countries, the dream is to soccer. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's where your motivation is. Yep. But uh, well, great. Well, Brooks, I just want to uh, tell you, uh, you know, here on uh, as we're recording, just how how much fun I've had you know, uh, broadcasting and doing these podcasts uh, with you for the last few weeks because um, it was it was something that we were really anticipating. Yeah. And then it lived up to everything we had hoped. 
and it was a really good final game too. Yeah. It was exciting it, and there was, you know, it was a wonderful month. I'm I'm sad to see it go and on one hand I, I wish it were more often, but really I don't because that's what makes these so special mm-hmm. when, when they're so few. It's like seeing a shooting star, you know? Yeah, for so, sure. But I had a great time, man, so. Same here, uh, same here, and, you know, I miss podcasting with you because I feel like we make a very good dynamic duo. Dun-dun-dun, but well, we'll figure out something, man. Yeah, maybe I'll have to come on with you and Ryan if you guys Hey, with Walk the Line, we're going to definitely football. do that. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get uh, see, that's the beauty of, of everything here in, in Michigan State is that, you know, you go from, that's what's wonderful about having the World Cup during the summer is just to give us something to think about too, Mm -hmm. you know, because it really was our focus and it was great. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to following Lansing United through you and seeing, you know, because I know they made the playoffs and Mm -hmm. things like that. So, dude, it was great. So we're going to shake hands real quick over here. We're going to do a handshake. Yeah. Dude, great job, Brooks. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, that's Brooks Lambeer and and I'm Dan Cryer. So thank you very much for uh, listening to us and hope everybody, uh, you know, has a good rest of the summer and we will talk to you later. Yes, have a good have a good summer and uh yeah, get ready for fall. Football, soccer. Let's go. All right. See you guys.